welcome to episode two of Sonic Inducers. This is Jesse, and I'm joined by Nick LaPointe. How are you? you? Welcome back, everybody. All right. Thank you for listening to the first episode. We're back with number two. Uh, And we have some, what I think are very interesting things to talk about. Um, But first, let's catch up and see how we've been over this past month. Um, Excellent. I have some (laughs) cool and or slash crazy stories that have happened. One actually just about an hour and a half ago Mm. before we started recording this thing. Um, But, you know, I'll start by asking how you've been. How's how's your month been? What have you been up to? I mean, we work together, so I kind of know everything. But tell everybody else what you've been up to. Well, well, things have been great. Um, The spring is here. we got spring break coming. Uh, People are getting ready to take some time off. Um, Well, I'd say maybe parents with with kids. Maybe other other people aren't. But uh, just enjoying the change in the weather. Everything that's happening outside, warming up and, and... Thinking about you got a break. spring break. Yeah, you got a spring break coming up. You're taking a couple taking weeks a little off. bit of taking a little bit of time off. Yeah, looking forward. Great. To so that. I'll, I'll get all your emails then. <laughs> <laughs> um, you might be right about that. Well, I can go uh, and tell about my my crazy life real quick. So the exciting news is, uh, what was it? Two weeks ago, I went to Joshua Tree as I do because I like going out there, and uh, I was alone and. It's beautiful. And it was actually snowing when I went out there. So you get the extremes of really, really hot summers and then uh, snow and, um, you know, winter weather, which that people must don't have been realize. Awesome. On all it was great. Rocks? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, and the, the, the dirt and the rocks and the, <laughs> and the mountains. Uh, but I used it as an opportunity to record a song. Um, I just updated a lot of my studio equipment basically i got real speakers and an audio interface that's awesome uh so i brought all that stuff out with me and it was man it was like playing tetris you know because it's a house that i don't own so i'm trying to set up the speakers right and you know make sure i've got every the plugs can reach but i was dealing with um some electrical noise which i had to contend with because it was like every time the fridge turned on you'd hear was it? You did know, you like have like static. one of those old like fifties fridges that? Fuzzes no, it's just and- it's just a desert in the house. It's just probably like you know your basic you know electrical setup. Sure, sure. But since then, I bought like a um, basically a, a power strip that re- is like a noise reducer. Oh, like, nice. You know, I'm learning as I go here. Nice. So I have I had to wait like every fifteen minutes when the fridge would turn off, I would get like a clear signal. I'm like, all right, let's go for it. <laughs> so I was out there for four days and I had had part of it written, but I wrote the you know, majority of it out there. I recorded it. I mixed it, mastered it and was able to put it out, you know, on time. Cause I've been commissioned to write some songs for a YouTube channel. Oh, no kidding. Um, yeah. I've been, been become part of uh, this little online community that, is really into the last of us video games. It's like my favorite video game. And so I just started playing with some people online and following uh, a few people on Twitter and YouTube and got asked to write some music. So it's been kind of cool. So it it gives me a deadline, which I think I I operate better under anyway. Um, So I have to write at least six songs. I've got two down. Um, That's a lot of songs, Jesse. Six songs. It's not bad. One a month. So, you know, it's a good challenge. I've never been asked to write anything for anyone else or like a specific 
thing, right? So I like the challenge because there's all these different, you know, uh, factions of survivors in the game. They all have their own vibe and their own like way of living. So you kind of have to, it's, it gives you, there's inspiration. There's something to write about as opposed to like just creating a song from nowhere and like a feeling, you know what I mean? Well, and you've got to know the theme of each one of those characters and how the music that you're writing is going to go with those themes, right? Oh, I, I do because I play the game a lot. There's two of them. I play probably the first one more than the second one, even though I think the second one's better. Sue me if you don't think so. But well, anyway, let me ask you that's this. exciting. Let mm-hmm. me ask you before you continue. So you're in the desert, right? And mm-hmm. you're writing these songs. Do you have like that sweet spot of time that you, you're like, okay, you know, whether it's, you know, after you have dinner and it's like, okay, boom, I'm going to lock out two hours to do this or I don't know. Do you light some candles, open the doors, you know, so you can hear right. nature behind you or how, how, how do you great. get the inspiration? It's a great question. Cause I've been thinking about that even since I've just been home, I do better when the sun is about to go down and out mm-hmm. there, the sunsets are awesome. And they had those, uh, those like battery powered candles. You know what I'm talking about? I do. They have the candles with the switch. So I'm like, Ooh, so I, there's like seven of them. I just put them up to make it, you know, give it a vibe. But I was spending, you know, seven hours a day, like getting this done. Cause I'm learning as I go. I'm not, I, I gotta be honest. I hate recording. I like writing and I like performing, but recording you're so under a microscope. It's a lot. It's the most time I've ever spent on a song. Um, but anyway, I, I, there's just something about recording that is, because I'm also very picky. And so like, I can't sometimes having little bit of like mistakes in there is cool because it adds like that human element i do everything in guitar i don't use like synth or anything so it's all like real instruments um and then when you throw in reverb and and like delay in there that adds a whole new element because there's so many different sounds you can use and i have trouble picking just one yeah sure (laughs) so a lot of it just becomes like trial by error so anyway yeah i like writing or recording both actually um like dusk and like nighttime, so no, you can, I can have I can candles and kind of get the vibe. Maybe pour a drink, you know, loosen up a little bit. Get a whole yeah so, ambiance happening. But it was yeah. the first time I was out there by myself in the middle of nowhere. And I was a little, I was like, am I going to be afraid? I, I mean, I did sleep with a light on or two <laughs> because I do that thing where. Because <laughs> you've been doing um, it every night since a, you were five years old. I'm an adult. I'm a grown adult. And uh <laughs> I'm, the, my mind will still play tricks on me. Like I, I'd, I'd look outside and I'm like, what if some like, you know, ghouly goblin just like or you hear runs up to the, the window. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, there was a bunch of creaks in the house and I would, yeah. but I did it. I think it was just a challenge too. It was a challenge to like, let's go out to the desert, write a song, but also see if you can survive out there by yourself. And it and was great. now we're ready to sign up for the great escape or one of those, uh, I mean, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I'm afraid I I could get used to that lifestyle. I just don't want to become a hermit. But uh, anyway, highly recommend it. Um, But moving on to something maybe not as exciting, but maybe a little bit uh, depressing to me is right before our call or our call. What is this? A podcast? Yeah. Podcast. Um, I ordered a new, speaking of recording, a new computer, brand new MacBook Pro um, with Logic Pro on it uh, up updated the storage and all that my first brand new computer for like music ever turnkey uh, ready to go and it was supposed to it was supposed to arrive today so i was 
watching the tracking. I kept refreshing and refreshing. And finally it said delivered when I live in an apartment. So I'm like, well, okay. I don't see it at my apartment door. Maybe it's in the lobby. So I run down to the lobby, not there. Mm-hmm. So I look at the, the, the package delivery confirmation and it says it was signed by someone named Jess, which I don't, the only person that's allowed to call me Jess is my dad. I'm right. Jesse. Right. So I'm like, I would never sign it like that. Well, maybe my, my landlord calls me that even though he's not allowed to, but he does. I'm like, oh, maybe he signed for it. So I knocked on his door and asked if a package had been delivered and he said no. And so I see the delivery guy outside. I run out there and I'm like, hey, um, it says you delivered my package, but I never received it. And he's like, oh, I delivered it to someone down the street. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so first of all, that sucks. But second of all, someone knew it was on its way. So like now I got to change all my passwords and figure well, this what, out. Well, how about this? Wait, hold on. Why would, if your address is on the package, why would they deliver it to somebody down the street? Exactly. Well, I filed a complaint. I called Apple. Someone's going to take care of it. But I even specifically said on the delivery instructions, like deliver to door. I think I need to up that to deliver it to my face. Right. Yeah. And like check my ID. Yeah. Right. It just, it, it sucks all around, but it, the, the, the double whammy is the fact that someone knew it was coming. So like they ran, they were, he said they were down the street and ran up to the truck and said, Hey, do you have a package for, you know, this address for Jesse? Oh yeah, here it is. And he, anyway, I, yeah, that was, that, that ruins my plans for the entire week. And I was going to sit there and play on my new computer. Yeah. You know, I'm working on a new song. Anyway. Yeah, that's, that's rough, man. I'm really Yeah. First time that's that. ever really happened to me. I mean, I've had stuff stolen before, but, um, not not in a long time. This one this one hurts. I uh, I'd say the I can only recall the one thing I got stolen once was um was a wetsuit at my favorite beach, right? So I go to my I go to this beach Zuma over here in in SoCal and when you're done surfing, you take your wetsuit off and you usually let it dry on the on the on the sand or something, but mm-hmm. all these surfers put it over on the end of end of the beach. So I said, I'll do this too. I do it. It's drying off. It's great. I go and look, this is a brand new $400 wetsuit. I look back and it's gone. And the feeling, which you probably experienced today, just thinking who would take somebody's wetsuit? Who would take, or who would take someone's thing? Right. Yeah. I went yeah. and I asked everybody within a, I'd say maybe 75 foot radius from where I was sitting. Mm-hmm. And That's what I, I wasn't, too. I wouldn't really, I wasn't really asking him. I was kind of like, I went to everyone. I said, can I look at the back of your wetsuit? And they said, what? <laughs> Did you have your said, name on it? Like a piece of underwear or something? Yeah. Well, I just said <laughs> it's brand new. And I thought someone has thieved my suit and probably threw it on. And there, so I just went to everybody, and then I went to this one family. There was this kid; he was about my height. I said, "Hey, can I can I take a look at your wetsuit, please?" They said, "Why? What's wrong?" I said, "Well, uh, someone took my wetsuit, and it's and I don't have any more." And and then the family, the parents said, "Are you are you accusing my son of stealing your product?" And then it just decided it it exploded from there. 
But yeah, man, <laughs> getting something taken, whether it's a package or, or something else is- uh, Or a wetsuit. It's horrible. Or a wetsuit. It's no good. And it just feels violating. Um, yeah. Your story reminds me of that scene in Point Break where, <laughs> where Keanu Reeves and Gary Busey are getting hair samples from all the surfers on the beach. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And, and, you know, Nick, <laughs> Nick Busey. No, Gary Busey goes up to, he's got a pair of scissors. He's like, I'm making a week for my girlfriend. And he <laughs> You know, I got to be honest. I think about that scene probably too too many times. It's a lot. A good, I, I don't know why. Good flick, though. I was actually just talking about Point Break with my friend like two days ago. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, one of my favorite movies. So good. Well, that sucks. Well, I actually just got an email. I just checked my phone. Um, my items are being replaced. So that's great. I just Fantastic. might have to like camp outside my my apartment and flag down the delivery guy and say, okay. hey. These are for, this is for me. So that's cool. It's just, anyway, I just got to wait two more weeks. Dang it. Um, so yeah, I, you and I have been talking, um, prior to recording this about a new thing going on mm-hmm. in the music world, actually just in the digital world. Yeah. Um, non fungible tokens, which sounds like a pill you take for an infection of, of some sort, but, uh, <laughs> NF, NFTs, or as you've, um, educated me people call them nifties which some, i think is real some cute. people do or at least i've seen it written yeah sure and i think this is a very interesting concept i'm not gonna pretend um i'm an expert at all i mean i can barely figure out how to arrange um my emails by unread in gmail so oh, i can't same. pretend i know <laughs> i can't pretend i know what nfts are but we've been doing some reading and some video watching you've had a, a call or two talking to potential clients about this yeah thing. Um, it's fascinating. Uh, and it could, it could definitely be something that we get involved with, whether we, you know, in the copyright, um, space, um, but it just could be a thing that the music industry, it becomes part of. I think that it could be adopted into the industry for sure. You know, just like you mentioned, I, I was talking to a potential client today that a part of their whole marketing plan to introduce their artist into the world of YouTube and 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 just get their music out there is have NFTs in part of that plan. And when they told that to me, I said, you got to tell me more because I find this fascinating. And they said, well, let's go. So they said that with their artist's new record, they were going to sell 25% of the artist's copyrights as NFTs. And I said, Hmm. okay, well, now with my background in music publishing, I thought immediately, I thought about the administrative nightmare that that could create. Sure. Because let's just say, all right, Jesse, you write a song a hundred percent, right? And you know what? You've got your stuff registered. You're, you're a BMI a writer, you know your way around the digital world as far as registering your copyrights, but you decide to sell 25%. And let's say you sell 1%. So 25 NFTs. Mm-hmm. Now, the likelihood of every person purchasing one of those NFTs, knowing their left from their right about how to collect revenue, isn't 100%. So I immediately thought, I'm like, how is this going to be manageable? And 
there is obviously an answer. Um, and perhaps it's as clear as day to everyone except you and me. But um, <laughs> I see the business model that could be there. I find it really interesting. But the fact is the artist that I was talking to doesn't have any exposure. And I said, well, how? Okay. So, so you're going to sell your stuff uh, through, you know, via NFT or however you would make that term. How long do you want to stay independent? You said, well, I want to stay independent. And this artist wants to stay independent. I said, and I immediately said, of course, you don't need to sign with a label or you don't need right. to sign with a publisher um, because you're selling a portion of your copyrights to get that advance to further your career and to continue to whatever record or or make videos or do whatever, just kind of fuel your um, your brand as an artist. And if you were to sign with the publisher, they would take half of your publishing already. Right. Um, this way, you get to keep more of the songs. You get to potentially get probably a bigger advance. So I see the value in it. It's it's very interesting and just like and. Honestly, I'm I'm 20 minutes into thinking about this um, in this way, so I'm sure tonight I'll say, "Oh my God, why didn't I say that?" Or what? Or <laughs> I should have thought a little bit further down the road. But I find it really interesting, and how if this will be just part of of artists' agreements going forward, a writers' agreements, Maybe. and I, I mean, it will have to you know become the more of a norm. Um, I'm sure there are agreements having this, you know, uh, being put in and, and written into agreements. But, you know, again, I'm not an expert on this, but I, my understanding is you make a piece of music or, or something, an NFT, and it's, I thought only one owner, like you buy it, like you own it, like, like kind of like Bitcoin, you know, right. or, right. or blockchain. Like again, when that stuff is so over my head, I've, I've been to so many conferences where they talk about, uh, blockchain and, and I, I sit and take notes and I, I, I have more questions than answers. I, I'm curious to see how it will affect the music industry and, and how music is consumed. Um, but yeah, I thought it was like you, you, you sell an NFT, like that one person owns it and they can do whatever they want with it. Well, and then that person can go ahead and sell it. And if I'm right, which I'm 50% chance I'm not, um, then the original owner will benefit from that sale as well. So not the person that just sold it, but the person that sold it to them, the original owner. So would that be based on an agreement that they have in place? Or is that, I, I mean, think, I think like, so. if, Hey, I'm going to buy this from you and then I'm going to turn around and sell it. I'll give you, or maybe it's just 30%. the the nature of the beast of the NFT. Sure. I mean, I, th I think there's still a lot to be learned. I mean, we, you know, there was someone, uh, one of our colleagues uh, has ventured into the NFT um, That's landscape. Right. That's right. So, um, you know, this isn't, I don't, I don't think it's a trend. I don't think it's going to be like something that's like a flash in the pan. Um, this is something we should probably really like pay attention to. I think a see lot where of people are. I think a lot of people yeah. are. Well, Kings, the, the first I heard of it, um, uh, Kings of Leon is releasing an entire album this way. That's right. That's um, right. Which, again, I need to <laughs> figure out more about how this works. But it, does that mean, like, what if I bought that for, like, what, $30 million or whatever? Does that mean, like, I'm the only one that gets to listen to it? Or will they release single? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I own I it. I can do whatever I want with it. It's like I own the masters now. 
That's I, that's how I view it. I know, I know. It's I've tried to compare it to kind of like, and I could be completely off base. I hear what you're saying because I read that same thing, and then I'm like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, why would they sell their own record? But I think they they sell it. It's like straight out of the gate, and then if that gets sold, they continue to make money off of it, even though they okay. they have already sold. It. I I think. And you know, it just, it takes like one artist to do something like this and to see it be successful and other people will start. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's already, that's already happening. So, um, you know, over the course of the next year, um, many more people will be jumping on the bandwagon because um, is, as long as these ventures are successful, you know, right. but a lot of money is exchanging hands. And oh it, yeah, I mean, it's not just music; it's like any digital content. Like uh, I, mean, I always say, is it Nyan Cat? N Y A N Cat? You know the, the yeah, gif yeah. of the rainbow gif. cat that looks like a yeah. pe- like a pop tart. That's like selling for a lot of money too. And <laughs> like, okay, well, I I own this now. What do I do? It can't hang it on the wall. I mean, what do you do? <laughs> you know, I think it's in your. I think it's like in your ledger, uh, in your like digital sure. space that you own it. And well, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like art, but I don't think I'd ever. There are a few pieces of art that I have. I see one behind you right now. Oh yeah, yeah, it's real. But it was, it was a. It, I played a show back in the day. And it was like this art thing, and this guy made this really cool like poster. And he's like, "Hey, you want this?" I'm like, yeah, here, yeah. take it. He gave it to me for free. But then we had to fit it in the band van, and and with all of the rest of our equipment, but like yeah. stuff like that. But going to like an art gallery and buying, you know, a white canvas with like a red splash in the bottom right hand corner for right, right, right. two mil. Right. I you mean, know, if that's what makes you happy, great. But uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> everyone has a different. I mean, I think we're going into a realm that is sure. You know, but so let's 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 dial it back into the music realm. Another right thing, on. I uh, you know, we we like to end our episodes on um, talking about music and its impact on yeah. uh, our personal lives or our thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And we were talking about. Well, I I, I probably paraphrase what you are trying to get at. Is when I realized music is that usually was cool. our relationship. Yeah, I think, I think that you is. You could paraphrase it down to that paraphrase. <laughs> um, but re- when when I when I realized that music made me feel something is really what I'm trying to get at. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about this great. Um, you had a great thought about music is, is in everything. You remember as a kid, you yeah. would watch cartoons. That's right. Like Looney Tunes. Like what, what were those made? Like in the 30s or 40s? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But there's a, the score is composed specifically for that cartoon the entire way through. If you like, you don't realize it as, as a kid, but then you and grow it's up and you're live, like, oh, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's recorded live and it's full, full strings and brass instruments and just, and everyone is, is experts at their instrument and, and it's all recorded for a cartoon and the <laughs> crazy, but like every, every time, a you know, Bugs Bunny would slip down something that would be, there would be a musical reaction to that. that like a is, slide whistle or something. Yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah. or a big hit on a timpani drum or, mm-hmm. and I, I felt that stuff. I, I thought that stuff was fascinating. And like, we've talked about like all the musical elements that were added to shows like Sesame street, or even mm-hmm. thought about how, 
Mr. Rogers, when he was a kid, he would play, he wrote all that jazz music when he, mm-hmm. and, you know, all of that stuff. It's just, there's music in everything when, when think we were about kids. Whether or not you understand the, the words, it's a melody. It's, it's the way your body reacts to mm-hmm. how notes are put together, which if you really think about that, it's pretty fascinating. I read a great article. Um, I think it was in Rolling Stone years ago about, um, Adele's, is it someone like you? Is that the name of the song? I, yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to sing it, but, but they were talking about, there's a certain chord change in that song where people like automatically start bawling me included. Yeah. And it's talking about like the way this note goes to that note. Cause it like, there's something in your brain chemistry that like gets triggered. That's fascinating. Some of my favorite things I've been listening to, um, or that I just discovered there, there, there are these albums called, um, Rockabye Baby, I think, yep. where they take rock bands and make it like nursery rhyme sounding music, all instrumental. But they and do it's like, like Metallica, Metallica, ACDC, yes. Pearl Jam. <laughs> it is awesome. Like that's what I'm talking. I mean, I listen to that as an adult. <laughs> and it's, it's but, so you hear of it and some of it's funny because they play it on like those somewhere on like those little xylophones, you know, they have the, like the little duck noises and the yep. uh, frog like a ribbit. <laughs> it's real cute. It's real cute. It will make you sleepy. Um, but I uh, when you brought this up, you know, I, I wanted to share because um, uh, I just actually saw this movie uh, this past week and it seems like it's on every day. I talk about Back to the Future a lot. One of my favorite. Not one of my favorite movie of all time. I remember seeing it in the theater when I was five years old uh, and just thought it was fun and and great. But you don't realize all the themes in it until you're an adult. But I remember as a kid when Marty McFly plays Johnny B. Good at the Enchantment Under the Sea Dance. Mm -hmm. And at the end, he starts going crazy because he's a a big Van Halen fan. So he starts kicking stuff over. But when he gets on the ground and does that like scoot on his back, yeah, yeah. I remember recreating that as a <laughs> five-year-old. And to, at the same time, um, for my mom had the Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack on cassette and it had uh, Alex Foley on it. Yeah, that's it, Axel I thought it was, and so it kind of hit me. Johnny B. Good, Marty McFly, Marvin Barry. <laughs> and it's Marvin. Your, your cousin, cousin, Marvin Barry. You know that new sound you've been looking for? Anyway. And 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 the the Beverly Hills cop sound. One and two. Two had Shakedown by Bob Seeger on it. Yeah, yeah. Which is a great song. I still rock out to that one. But running around the neighborhood, I had one of those cool Walkmans, mm-hmm. but it had a speaker on on it you didn't have to have headphones so i would like it had one of those like handles on like a you know those wrist adapter things yeah (laughs) and i would put it on the handlebars of my bike and i'd ride around the neighborhood like it was my action music you know i felt so cool that made just music that's when music that's when it kind of hit me like this makes me feel something and i like it that's awesome so that's my take on music moving me and uh, affecting me no, I think it's great. I think I, we could talk about this, you know, the more we, we dig into it because. Um, I could do this for another half hour, but I don't think anyone wants to hear, hear that. We can save it for next time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pick it up where we left off next time. Sure. Awesome. Well, um, 
we hope you've learned something. Yeah. I feel like I did, especially about the NFT conversation. I still have a lot to learn. But it's going to be very interesting to see what, what happens. Um, but we want to thank you for, again, spending time with us. Uh, we will see you on episode three coming up in about a month. You've been listening to Sonic Inducers presented by AdRev. We'll see you on the next one.